Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Soul Life Podcast. My name is Surly Fruchter, and in this episode, we're looking at the question, do your beliefs bring burdens or blessings? And the objective of this episode is to recognize that what we believe about ourselves, our friends, society, the world, or God Hashem, those beliefs are the greatest determinant in how we experience our lives, in the quality of our lives. And those beliefs can, as the title says, bring us great burdens or great blessings. So to begin this conversation, there's one question we need to start with, which is what world do you live in? What world do you live in? You can have two people sitting in the exact same room at the exact same event at the exact same time, and they can be experiencing two completely different things to different states of mind, to different understandings of what's happening, to different relationships to the event, to different philosophies about why they're there, what this means for them in their life, the context, the story. For one person, it can be looking at their watch, so impatient, really frustrated that people don't respect them and their time and that they're made to wait and that this event is not what they expected it to be. For the other person, they can just see serenity, enjoying the moment, being there, present, being thankful they have the opportunity to come to express their support for a friend or for the organization, to see that maybe they're here to work on their patients, to see what connections they can make. Two different people, two different beliefs, two different worlds. What you believe about yourself, about life, as we've said before, any type of belief you have affects what you perceive. Because if you think a certain way, if you have ideas that are the framework of your life, that people act in certain ways, that people treat you a certain way, that there is a general way you are seen in the world, that's going to affect what you perceive. That when you look at events, when you look at things happening, when you look at stories or anything going on in the world, you're going to see that in a very different way. Because how are you going to color that? How are you going to understand that? You're going to use those beliefs that you have stored in your mind. And that, in effect is going to affect what you receive. When you're at that event, when you're at the doctor's office, when you're with a friend, when you're in a fight, when you're in a a stressful situation, how will you receive that experience? Will it feel anxiety-inducing? Will it feel painful? Will it feel burdensome? Or will you be able to see that there's some good there? Will you be able to lessen the pain? Will you be able to further or expand the opportunity? It all traces back to your belief. And the prophet Habakkuk says in the second chapter, in the fourth verse, that the righteous person shall live by his emunah. And emunah is a word in Hebrew that generally, colloquially, people understand to mean faith. And that's not a great translation. Because when we say faith, usually what people understand that to mean is, I don't have real reason or real logic or any evidence or proof, but I'm going to go out on a limb here and I'm going to do it. I have faith in you. I have faith that there's something greater. And I don't know why I believe that or if it makes sense to believe that, if there's a real working theory to believe that, but it's what I believe. And that's not really what Emuna is. Rev. Danielle Katz from the Elevation Project explains that Emuna, which is often understood as simple faith without any reason, without any real rationale, is actually channeling the intuitive truth that we know deep in our souls, in our consciousness, which is a part of the soul of all souls, which is a part of God. That the same way, for example, you know you exist. You don't need someone to give you a presentation or to write a paper or to give you evidence to show you that you exist. It is a self-evident truth that you are in touch with. And the same can be said for people knowing that it's wrong to murder someone. 
Maybe some people are not in touch with that truth, but the Amuna, so to speak, that I have knows you don't kill random people for no reason because you just like because you just want to. I don't, like, I don't know what reason the rationale there could be that's justified, but that's not what you do. That is an axiom. It's an unchanging truth that you don't challenge that you can't challenge because that is rooted in your Amuna. It's self-intuitive. And Amuna is developed through our actions, our behaviors, and our perceptions, all of which is tied back to our beliefs. So when Habakkuk says that the righteous person shall live by his Amuna, he's really telling us that this whole idea that your life the righteous person, someone who is so in touch with the godliness buried within them, with the light that is just pouring out from them, the love and the energy, and their life is aligned with the divine, with the greater story of the universe. That person should live by their immunity. They should live by the intuitive truth that their soul knows. And our lives are trying to get accustomed to that truth, trying to see what is my soul telling me? Where does the soul want me to go? Finding the roadmap of consciousness of your life, of your happiness, of your success, of your story, and then trying to act on that. But David Aaron explains, he takes it even further, and he says that Imuna is not just something expressed through action. Sorry, it's not just expressed through mere thought or speech. It's expressed through action. It's not just saying, I believe this, like the same way I believe that couch will look great in the corner. I also believe that you should respect every single person. Meaning, if I say I have imuna, then that means, so to speak, that if I have imuna, that everyone's made in the divine image, that everyone is a soul, to really have that imuna would mean that I act in that way. If I don't act in that way, then I don't really have that imuna. I don't have that faithfulness, if we're going to use a translation. And the Kabbalah and Torah emphasize to us this in so many different realms, that our beliefs and our perceptions literally determine which world we live in. Two different people, as we said before, two different people, two different events, two different worlds. Because beliefs drive our lives. So if we can rewrite them, if we can see, well, what do I believe? Why do I believe that? And is it healthy for me to believe that? Does it make sense? Do I want to continue believing that? And I can take an eraser and I can say, let's change those beliefs. Let's work to to make healthy beliefs. Again, in the realm of psychology, Dr. David Burns in his book, Feeling Good, speaks so frequently This whole book actually is premised on the idea of cognitive behavioral therapy, that you can work to change your behaviors. And it begins with changing your beliefs and your perceptions, sometimes about yourself, sometimes about others or about life overall. But this opens the door to opens the door for us to endless possibility because not all beliefs are made equal. So it isn't just changing my political beliefs or changing my beliefs about, I don't know, the weather or interior design. But if I can find the root belief that when I can tackle that and really work to hone that and make that so much more in alignment with my true self, well, then that can reshape and repaint and redesign the rest of my life. It can take all my burdens and show them to truly be blessings, all my pain and show it to give me so much power. And this belief that we're talking about comes back to, as we're going to see now, the divine, about God, about Hashem, about ourselves as souls, part of the world. Rav Cook, who we've spoken about a lot in this podcast, writes in his book, Orot, which means light. In one of his essays, he says, quote, all the conflicts of opinion amongst people and all the internal contradictions that each individual suffers in his thoughts come only from the mental fog 
in one's thought of the divine. Just to say that again and explain a little bit outside, anytime we have conflict of opinion or we have issues in our relationships with other people, with friends, family, spouses, partners, co-workers, colleagues, random people on the street, or whether we have confusion in ourselves and we don't know, should we take the job? Should we leave? Should we reach back out to that friend or should we try again? What direction we take? This all comes about only, the only source from this is the mental fog in our thoughts of the divine. That the lack of clarity, the blurriness that we have in our belief system and our perception of Hashem and God and our relationship to Him and His relationship to the world, that is the source of all the strife we find in our lives, all the pain, all the suffering, which Rav Cook is saying, if you could heal that and you could bring that to 100% perfection, it would revolutionize everything else in your life. It would completely change everything else. And this is in the same vein as there are other psychologists who will say, I mean, Rav Cook wasn't a psychologist, but there are psychologists like Freud or I'll look at Viktor Frankl, for instance, who will attribute the source of our problems and then therefore the source of our solutions, the source of our power to one core issue. For Viktor Frankl, this was logotherapy. Was his, that was his idea that every person in the world is looking for their essential search for meaning and that meaning is ultimately what will determine the quality of your life and the direction of your life as well. So think about it. Do you have emuna? Do you have a deep intuitive truth to yourself? Or where are you on that spectrum? And then on that spectrum, how does that play into how you act in the world? Do you believe that you're of endless worth to God and to the universe? Do you believe that when you wake up in the morning, God, that is God saying to you, the world needs you, that when you feel your heart beating, that is God saying, hello, I love you, I see you, and I'm counting on you? Do you feel like you deserve love, that you're worthy just because you exist? That there is unconditional love and unconditional worth that validates you? That you are amazing regardless of whatever you accomplish, whatever you fail? Those beliefs tie back to the idea that if we really understood and we could feel the same way we knew, that the same way people have this intuition that they are worth significance and that they deserve to have something in the world and that they should have pleasure and they should have happiness or any of these other drives for success or any of these different things. If we had that same intuition, that same belief and the strength of that belief in our actions and in our minds about our relationship to Hashem and to Hashem in the world, that would radically change everything else. Very practically, imagine if when you're not getting a job, when you get kicked out of school or you fail or you're struggling with your bills or you're struggling with your relationship or finding a spouse or finding friends in any single sphere. Imagine if you knew and you really, really knew this is just one chapter in your story and your story is going somewhere great. And this is one scene in your movie and the director, God, Hashem, the author, the soul of your soul loves you so much and this story is only going to be fantastic. There's infinite potential for growth and that he is there rooting you on with you in your pain, with you in your pleasure, with you in your sorrow, with you in your sadness, in your success, in your happiness, in every single amazing thing going on in your life. And if you really knew that, think about, just imagine, just try and think how differently that would experience, that experience would be. Very, very difficult to get to that stage, but just to imagine that. And if you even want to go back and think, on an individual level, any time that you've, you've experienced a setback or you've been faced with a failure, and at the time it was devastating and it was the worst thing ever, 
But then at some point, whether it was a week later, a month, a year, or a few years later, you saw how much amazing, infinite value was buried beneath that, what at first seemed to be something really, really painful and something that was really terrible. And then when we work in this current situation, in this present of life, imagine if you can work forward and you could build up to that idea where in the moment when you're going through the pain, when you're going through the hardship, you could say, this is going to make me happy. Later on, I know it's in my best interest and I know I can't change the past. All I can deal with is the present and hope for the future. And this idea is even found in the Torah, in the book of Deuteronomy and the Parsha of Re'eh. The first verse says, see this day, I, God, set before you blessing and curse. And the Kedushat Levi uh, says that the act of creation is renewed every single day. That every moment is literally a conscious, specific regeneration of that moment, that it is made that day. And when we say Hayom, when God says, see this day I set before you blessing and curse, every single day you have two things before you to simplify it, blessing and you have curse. And in truth, we may see some things as this is blessing and that was curse. This is a time that I was cursed in my life. This is a time that I had blessing in my life. But in reality, it was always blessing. We only get goodness in our lives. The only issue is, can we receive that light? Can we receive the overflow of godliness? Because if we miss it, then it feels like curse. If we can't receive it, it feels painful. But if we can take the blessing and we can take the opportunity and all of the love that is outpouring at every single moment in our lives, and that is expressed in different ways, to the things that we may see as very difficult times, those, we experience them as, as klalot, as curses. But from this line, it's God telling us, you want it to be a curse, it can be a curse. But in truth, it could be a blessing. It could be a blessing. You have to open yourself up. Law of attraction, law of reception. That every single day, God provides us with his infinite light to receive, to absorb. And if we are used to living in the light it feels like a blessing, but if we seclude ourselves to darkness, it feels like a curse. You can imagine for an analogy, someone who's a recluse and they're always in their home and they don't see the daylight. One day, if they step out inside, of the, inside into the sunlight, won't that light feel painful? Won't it really hurt their eyes, hurt them, maybe even hurt their skin because they're not used to it? They're not accustomed to the beauty of sunlight? But in contrast, if you have someone else who loves to go out in a light, they love to enjoy nature and to be in the sun and to see the world with all of that high energy, to see the light with all of its radiance, they're going to experience how beautiful it is. Two different people, two different experiences and beliefs, two different worlds of experience. And simply put, we all are searching for a life that tunes you into the world's divine song. That is a life of blessing. And when we can channel our beliefs to give us that song where we can turn into our Godcast, as Rev. David Aaron says, to play the beautiful symphony, to be a part of the orchestra of the universe, that is so much better than living a life that's filled with interference and static, that hurts our ears, that feels disjointed, that feels painful. Your beliefs and the lenses you wear when interacting with the world can literally put you in a different world than everyone else. For better or for worse, it's all up to us. The power is all in our possession. 
the Soul Life episodes until now have been trying to work to help all of us expand our ideas and our beliefs about the world. That when we look at human rights, as we did in the, in the second episode, to think about why do I believe human rights are bad? Do I believe I'm a soul? How do the two intersect? And if I can ingrain within myself, in my mind first, that I'm a soul, and then translate that into my action, which is all the following podcast episodes, how much greater will my life be? I will truly be living my soul life. To avoid self-sabotage, to love giving, to love receiving, to have a community, to always feel in connection with other people. And as usual, I want to take this and see how this doesn't just apply for individuals, but in international relations, as we've been doing so far in every single episode, this same idea is so evidently clear that your beliefs literally impact your entire world and your success and anything else going on in the world and in your life. And in international relations, there are three main theories or beliefs that countries can have or political scientists can have that color and contextualize anything that they see in the world. And it's used to understand conflicts between countries, relationships between countries, a certain country's strategy, any of these different things. And the countries that believe different things are subscribed to one of these, or it's a spectrum, really. I mean, I'm going to break it down into three simple ones, and then you can imagine a triangle and falling somewhere in the middle of the triangle. But these belief systems or these theories, for one country that adopts them or one political scientist, will radically alter the way that they interact with the world and how they act. And so very basic, just to simplify the definitions, we have three types of theories. We have realism, liberalism, and constructivism. Realism, which is the first, is all about power. This is a belief that says everything happening on the global stage is all motivated by power, which is what states want. They want power. They crave power. They crave control. And they fear power. They fear damage. They fear others. And there's anarchy in the system. And that's the only certainty, the only guarantee in the world stage is that everyone is vying for the most powerful seat. That's what realism believes. It's all about power. Liberalism says it's all about relationships. This is not liberal like, you know, in the political spectrum. This is a different type of liberalism. It's all about relationships, such as with trade and diplomacy and collaboration, that if I look at two countries and I want to see what's going on between them, I should look and say, how is their economic relationship going? Are they doing trade? Do they collaborate on greater projects in the, in the international organizations? Do they have connections? Do they have diplomacy? Do they send ambassadors for joint events or for joint missions together? Liberalism is all about relationships. Let's see how you two interact with each other. Constructivism, which is the third, is all about identities, cultures, and ideas. And it'll say, let me look at this country. It's a Western country. It's democratic. Is it religious? Is it very nationalistic? Is it trying to better the entire universe? Is it very isolationist? Is it only keeping to itself? Do others see it as a threat? Does it want to hurt other countries? Constructivism is trying to see more of the personality of each country and say that is what's determining their relationships. So just to briefly recap, realism, all about power. Power is what drives everything happening on the global stage. Liberalism, it's all about relationships. How are you guys interacting with each other? Do you have bonds? Do you have ways to communicate? Do you have joint partnerships? Constructivism is all about your identity, your culture, and how your culture and ideas clash or coalesce when you're interacting with another country. 
one case for a very practical example is let's look at the the beef between the United States and China. So what what would each theory say about this? For a realist, they may say this simply, right, the tension between the U.S. and China, as you'll see in the news if you want to do a quick Google or if you've heard anything, it's all about two world powers fighting for the top seat in the global arena. That's what's going on. They're just, they just want power. They want control. They don't like the competition. They feel threatened. Liberalism could say maybe they don't have great relationships. Do they have economic ties? How strong are those ties? Do they engage in diplomacy? Do they feel like they're part of the same international community? Or maybe constructivism. What about the difference in the communism versus capitalism? They're different economic systems. Or the Western and Eastern divide. How do the two relate to each other with their ideas and their theories about society? And those different questions or those different statements that a, that a country or a political scientist or advisors may think about, let's say, the U.S. and China relationship to stick with that example, that's going to affect well, what's the best course of action to get this result? What's the best course of action to see through that we can make this progress or to fight back against these threats? Each theory has different drawbacks and pitfalls, but it's critical that we understand from here that what we believe and why we believe it is so crucial. And the goal, just to bring it personally back to ourselves, is we want to make sure that our beliefs are in line with the deep intuitive truths that we as souls know. The truths that want to express love, light, meaning, happiness, purpose, acceptance, growth, possibility, challenge, excitement, anything that just elevates our energy and our vibrance in the world that makes us feel like we're glowing, that is stem, stemmed from the Amuna that we're able to bring into our lives. When you feel like you have such strong intuition and such great clarity on a certain path you should be taking, certain choices you should be making. And the question to circle back to the real beginning, the title of this episode, is just start with the question, what do I believe? And do my beliefs bring me burdens or do they bring me blessings? These past episodes, we're seeing how we can reframe our perception of the world and of ourselves and literally design a new world for ourselves. Human rights, self-sabotage, environmentalism, activism, globalism, any different thing. Because living your soul life is about elevating your consciousness, your awareness, and your experience of the world to live life in all of its fullness. And living life in all of its fullness comes from living a life, as Habakkuk says, living your life in line with Emuna, in line with your soul, in line with the higher potential that's waiting to be unleashed, that's waiting to be let into your life. A life overflowing with meaning and purpose, love and empowerment, hope and God, that is the soul life. So when we take back our power and we say that I am not bound by my beliefs, that I can change my beliefs, that I can make my beliefs more in line with truth and more in line with the values and the ethics and the morality on a communal, global, personal level, and I can come up with a philosophy or a belief system that feels deeply truthful and I know to be in line and in touch with my soul and with God, if we know that we can do that, then all we need to do is simply put, roll out the paper, write down our beliefs, and erase them, and write new ones. Write our own story. 
take the pencil with God and, be, and become partners. Become the partner in co-creating, co-designing, co-living your life. Because a life with God is the best quality of life that anyone can live. It's a life that is infinitely amazing. And with that said, thank you all so much for tuning in to the Soul Life Podcast, Episode 9. This is our last episode where I will be the only one speaking. In the coming episodes, we're going to have some amazing, incredible thinkers and and souls who I believe live their soul life and have such infinite wisdom to share with us. Looking forward to continue growing and learning together so we can all become further aligned with our true souls.